Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk <laughs> What's up, Star Wars fam? What's going on, Star Wars fam? Look, we have a new addition. We have a third co-host today. His name is uh, Lego Chewbacca Stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffed animal. Anyways, sorry to inform that this will be Ryan and I's last show. As you guys may have heard, Bob Iger stepped down. And we are taking his place. And we are stepping up. That's right. Well, the real Bob Iger. Just kidding. I wish. I wish. But that is exciting news. We have so many things to talk about. Mainly. Mainly? Mainly. The coronavirus, which is why we have a medical droid here. Pop figure. uh, (laughs) If everyone had a medical droid like this, maybe we would have more cures. That's true. I'm all for medical droids. But no, really, the High Republic. That's what I'm talking about, Ryan. The The High High Republic. High Republic. Project Luminous. (laughs) I'm high off the High Republic. Anyway, so much news regarding that i have like a page of notes that i want to go over probably won't get into it all but i'm so excited about that and then we just have some cassie nandor news we have mandalorian news and just a bunch of fun stuff to talk about comics books all that tons of books first of all i'm steph sabra chewbacca's long lost daughter aka AKA, <laughs> so glad to be here with my co-pilot, head of Popcorn Talk, Ryan Nelson, Rilo Ren in the building. Rilo Ren in the building, excited, and I'm with y'all in the chat. Please tune in to us live every Thursday, 4.10 p.m. PST. Uh, shout-outs for Greg Moshevich, Darth Baca, which, by the way, Darth Baca, you might become a character from one of the covers of these new Truth. books, because we have a little Baca with a lightsaber there. So shout out to Darth Baca, Manny Gonzalez, here every week, Vito Scuddy, Laura in the chat. Laura! Laura! <laughs> and Jennifer Lopez, not the singer, but you had a great performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, thank y'all tuning in every week. Hit, hit that like button. Yeah, hit that like button. We we love the like button. Okay, Rye, let's jump right in. So the High Republic formerly known as the Project Luminous as of last year has they've just released all the information on it other than what the plots of each book are but we will be getting books and comics that are going to extensively dive into the Star Wars Galaxy 200 years before Phantom Menace holy cow Holy cow. We were all this time we've been like, what's Project Luminous? Yeah. What's this big announcement? And we knew it was gonna be book related, not necessarily movie related. But this is the most exciting book related news we've gotten in quite a while. I mean, for the longest time everyone's been like, let's get some old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic stuff. And this looks like a version of that, or maybe a re new Disney revamped version that's gonna be canon. And I'm really excited about this announcement. Tons of cool concept art. Steph, what do you think? Yeah, I'm really excited. The concept art, we're going to throw up some of the... Some of the the images, um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, but it doesn't hurt to see it again because it is so freaking dope. All these different colored lightsabers. I absolutely love that they're going 200 years before. That way we're not tied to any of the trilogies that we've gotten. We're not tied to anything we know. And this has always been teased as the time where the Jedi were at their best. And right. things ju- and they were still fighting evil forces, which we'll get into that. We do have some tease on what they are fighting. But I love the idea of focusing on the Jedi and them at the height. Oh, I think this is so cool. I, I, let's talk a little bit about... Just, like, what this project ended up being. Mm -hmm. It's, like, this culmination of a bunch of authors. You were reading up about it. Yeah. It looks like Disney just got an awesome team together of really talented, a variety of Star Wars authors who are just interested in telling 
um, stories that are adult, young adult, kids, comics, a whole variety of Star Wars tales that take place 200 years before Phantom Menace. Yes. So I do want to talk about some of the authors. Thanks for teasing that. So this team was assembled and it consists of, um, I don't have their full, their first name. So it's Suli, who was, um, was tied yeah, Charles in. Charles Suli. Charles Suli. Um, Marvel's Darth Vader, Star Wars, and Poe Dameron. That's really interesting. Scott, do you know? We got uh, Kevin Scott, as well as Daniel Jose Older. So that was Dooku, Jedi Lost Tales from Vader's Castle. Claudia Gray, Master and Apprentice. OG. Justina Ireland, Lando's Luck. And Daniel Jose Older, Last Shot. So that was, I loved how they all met at Skywalker Ranch. And they had this, like, team collaboration creativity thing. And uh, what was trending on Twitter was a picture of a whiteboard that they had put up of what is Star Wars, what their wishes are, what and what's possible really which is really cool it seems like such a fun summit or brainstorm sesh between a bunch of really talented story tellers and i think what's really neat is every single one of them brought something different to the table they all thought something different about what star wars is and that wasn't a bad thing that was actually a good thing you're gonna get a more variety of stories my big shout out is to claudia gray who wrote lost stars one of my favorite star wars books Definitely top three. I'm a massive fan of hers. And she's doing a book oh, called... Oh, there's Ryan I. Into the Dark. That looks like us. <laughs> yeah. So Brandon Hanna, also a fellow after buzzer, tweeted this. And I didn't notice it when I first saw it. But I'm like, damn, maybe that is us. That's us. That's us. Like, we need to recreate that. Yeah. I need that outfit. Wow. It's so dope. Can I say, producer, uh, boldly inserting Jeff himself Graham in the yes, booth. Jeff Big Gr- Star Wars fan. I feel like there's sometimes when shows will do bits, like, it's totally us. But this actually, like, kind of looks a lot like you guys that's us so for the podcast listeners make sure you check out the youtube this is a kind of doppelganger moment it's kind of i have the quaff the quaff is there (laughs) and steph like that's you i know you have a grenade a thermal detonator i know i'm kind of annoyed that i don't have uh, my own lightsaber but it's fine I'll deal with it. For all we know, we'll have to read the book to find out, but that's the top of my list solely because of the cover. Yeah. yeah, Just because, like, is that us? I think that's us. Okay, but what's also cool about all these covers is that we see so many different new types of characters and so many different types of Jedis, really, that you wouldn't think possible, including a Wookiee Jedi. (laughs) Who would have thought? But it's really cool because these these um, authors and the concept artists got together and made up these characters, and then the concept artists created them and were able to put them onto paper wow. and give us this, um, give us a little bit of uh, information of what they look like. Really so I'm cool. really excited Should about we, that. I mean, we can go through the the covers and the books there. Again, we don't have synopsis of what each book is going to be about. We got titles and and covers. That's what we got right now to go on. And I mean, what are your thoughts on all these covers, Steph? I think they look really cool for the most part. I think that there's some details in certain ones that we'll get into that I'm loving, but they all kind of mesh together with for me. Like they all look a little too similar. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. But I but if you think about any of like the Game of Thrones novels or mm. even like Goosebumps novels, yeah. they all f- fall into the same family because they're telling a story in the same universe or galaxy. And I guess so to because speak. this is the Star Wars, this is the Jedi in their heyday. This is when they were the protectors of peace. Like this is when 
everything was firing on all cylinders. So I guess that makes sense for them all to focus on that. That's cool. Yeah. Holy cow. Just like the different colors. Really interesting. All we can do is speculate, and I'm here for it. All we can do is speculate. We do know that there is a main villain called the Nile. Um, They're space Vikings. So uh, that's how they describe them. And their motto is, you can't take it with you, but we can take it from you. I'm the most excited about that. Really? I'm that that just sounds so cool. Yeah. The idea that there's space pirates, that there's space Vikings. Yeah. And it's the Nile. I think that's really cool storytelling. They also mentioned there's going to be something the Jedi treat themselves as a bit of a Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Me like too. I want that old mythic storytelling, but Star Wars affied. I think when we had this conversation back when we were just getting started on the show, we talked about what we would want from the future of Star Wars and we we teased like how we would want kind of an MCU feel, which kind of seemed like the direction they're going in in terms of collecting comics books and then if they get enough gas like in people behind it, they will be moved into movies and TV shows. Right. But we talked about how we wanted it to focus on the history of the Jedi. Mm. You wanted the series or the books? The anything. Anything, yeah. yeah. I, this is the era we've wanted it to go since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Everyone wants a Knights of the Old Republic movie or TV series. That's what everyone's clamoring for. But I, I get it. They wanted to kind of play it a little bit safe, do something that's in the realm that we're familiar with. But now they're leaning that direction, and I'm really excited to see how these books are received. Again, with the art, like there's a lot of cool details. I just think I was expecting something a little bit more shocking or eye-opening. They look, they just kind of blend together a little bit too much for me. Um, yeah, but they can't give up too much. Yeah, they're early in development. I do know one more piece of information from Charles. What is it? Charles Soule? Is that what we're going? Soule or Soul? Soul. I'm going I, it's probably Soul. He's writing the first novel, so that's Light of the Jedi. That comes out in August, and he said, quote, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thrilled to be finally writing a Star Wars novel. And he goes into how this book in particular is going to have the prob- like cause a big problem that it sets the precedent for the rest of the novel. Oh, God, that so at least really it'll cool. be going out with a bang, and it won't be like a non-rewarding first book that just is exposition. I completely agree with you there. And again, it's the High Republic. What a cool name, the High Republic. Uh, I'm, I'm digging this. I can't wait to see what a Wookiee Jedi sounds like. Does he speak English? Does Or is he just still roaring the whole time? Is he yeah. roaring? I'm really curious to see about that. And just, it's more mythology. Like, that. this is the stuff where I feel like you just have so much more freedom to play as a writer. You're not restricted to anything. Do you think... We'll see Yoda in any of these. That's what people keep speculating. I think, yeah, he be because he would be 600. That's right, because he died when he was like 800 and something. Yeah, so I think so. Yeah, I, I think that'd be cool. Do you think he'd be taller? <laughs> is his voice the same? Yeah, He's what? just a little less wrinkled. Or are they all like that? Is his species like that? That's a good question. That's a good question. I'm really excited to hear. A young Yoda. Dapper young Yoda. Was he in the Jedi Order then? Or did he get there when he was 700? How long has he been a part of it? I'm really curious. It's just so exciting. Like, I'm really digging this announcement. I hope that they go this direction with TV and movies soon. I don't really... I wouldn't be... Yoda's one of my favorite characters, maybe my favorite character. But I wouldn't be upset if he wasn't involved. Because that's Mm. what they're saying. This is playing into an entire galaxy that has nothing to do with what we've seen so although they could use him i don't think they will 
Yeah, I don't think you need to. Yeah. You can, though. It's it's definitely an option. I think that's what's exciting. Is it's one of the few details that you can harken back to or that can be that that thread that connects everything together character-wise. Did you see the image? I think it's on one of the covers. That's the person with the two blades. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really cool. Like, there's some cool stuff in here. And there's another purple lightsaber. We haven't seen one of those other than Mace Windu. There's some cool stuff. Oh, Jeff, I think it was one up. Yeah, right there on the left side. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's some really cool designs going on. Different colors happening. There's a a black saber on the right side. There was way more expression back in the day. What happened? Just life happened. Yeah, life happened. They were limited to a few only a few different colors and they don't allude we haven't there's no red saber in any of these covers other than i think there's like one this little animated. well yeah because we're only seeing the jedi that's true have I'm, we seen a dual bladed saber before in the series not like this oh it's, like we've seen side two side. blades side by side yeah, yeah. like yeah. a parallel i don't saber? think so it's pretty cool would you call it that it's pretty neat i'd yeah. say a two it's like double edge blade kind of is what they would call that double edge yeah, it's a double edged sword. A double edged sword. If you will. Yeah, I'm interested. What do y'all think in the chat? What are you excited for? What do you want to see? Are you excited for the double edged du- what did you just call it, Jeff? Double a double edged saber. Double edged saber. Double edged saber. I was am curious about one thing though. As exciting as this is, we're going in an awesome direction. Yeah. High Republic. Oorah. I kinda <laughs> wish they took a few more authors. That have done a lot of the current books. Like, I, we just, eat, I'm plugging an interview we did last week uh, for the After Buzz Animation channel. E.K. Johnston, who wrote the Ahsoka Tanu novel, we got to interview her last week, right after Star Wars news on the After Buzz Animation channel for Clone Wars. She's a terrific author. She's She would have done three books in the Star Wars series Ahsoka, Queen's Peril, and Queen's Shadow. I'm really curious why they didn't um, ask her to do one of these or be a part of this High Republic. Maybe they will down the line, but. They announced so many books at once, have all these authors. I'm just curious why they didn't cherry-pick a few more from the current, I guess, breed of authors. Yeah, I hear you, Rye. Okay. But I also... <laughs> you do? <laughs> I, I'm i listening. Yeah? But Heard that. I, I feel like I trust that this group is doing good work. You have faith in the Force. I have faith in the Force. I think that they put a solid group... A tight group together because it is hard because once they had, I think they had two weekends of retreat together and then now they're just left on a group chats. Group chats. Imagine how difficult it would get to interweave these stories over hundreds of mm. years or like 200 years together um, with a group of like 10 people. That's hard. Yeah, it's probably a big commitment. Uh, what? I think just like being no, a part no, of that what's group. in the chat? Oh, in the chat, Brandon Hannett's made a great point going back to the parallel lightsaber double edge thing. He's saying uh, the dark ray in her vision on the Death Star in Episode Nine had her do that lightsaber that flipped up. Yeah, to be it was, parallel. no, we've seen double edge sabers. Oh, did it go parallel? It went like floom, floom, and it was it was a parallel one. Oh, but it, it like it a, was snapped out though. Yeah, it was like nunchucks. Oh yeah, it's probably because I hated that scene. <laughs> I, I I like the fight, but I just don't understand why we saw Dark Ray. But yeah, we we <laughs> we force wipe yeah, that out I of our wipe memory. That out. But thanks for reminding us. <laughs> thanks a lot. I really appreciated that. I needed that. Okay, <laughs> Ryan and I were so confused last Friday. Oh my god! Because 
a new Star Wars movie was announced, and who cared? No one. Why like, did no one care no about one this? Cared. Literally, it was like J.D. Dillard, writer of Luke Cage, is writing. <laughs> It was no the Hollywood cared. Reporter gave an exclusive on Friday, and it, yeah, JD Dillard, best known for writing uh, Slate, and Matt Owen's a writer on Marvel shows like Luke Cage and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've been tapped to uh, develop this movie, and we don't know exactly their positions. We assume it might be director, writer, like, like yeah. they are. But. It wasn't like it wasn't a top trending Twitter topic, nothing. Like, yeah. Why do you think that is? Everyone was like, huh, and kept going. Yeah, it, it what was, happened? I don't, I think the buzz is gone. Now, I, first of all, we were hyped. We made yeah. a TikTok. <laughs> we put stuff on our stories. We were hyped. But the general public, and I think even a lot of other Star Wars fans, were kind of just like, meh. And I think it's a combination of people being a little like, all right, we've had enough movies. We just got five of them over the past five years. And the TV is so good. So I think that's just going through a lot of people's minds. I also think the way they announced this wasn't the best. I know it was an exclusive from The Hollywood Reporter. But even if I was Disney, I would have been like, all right, here's a nugget. Here's a detail. Here's something. Because right now it's just like, all right, Star Wars movie. These two guys are involved. That's it. And they've announced so many Star Wars movies over the past couple years that aren't happening or have been put on hold or just aren't coming to fruition that everyone's like, we're jaded. We don't believe yeah. it's going to happen. Like, show us something. There's no proof. This we is just have trust issues. We have trust issues, and that's causing a lack of care. God, I have trust issues. Yeah, I have trust issues, too. And I also think... You hurt us. It's like, kind of your issue <laughs> Sorry. with... Sorry, that got, that got intense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> kind of like your issues with the right lack of writers... Yeah. Maybe I kind of feel people might have been like, who are these people, even though they've been involved in pretty successful projects? I don't think maybe it's that they wanted that Taika news or, you know. Exactly. I think take Project Luminous as a perfect example. First of all, just for Star Wars fandom, people get more excited off of movies and TV than they do of books. But this was a really exciting announcement because of the way they announced it. They're like, we have this thing called Project Luminous on this date, this month. We're going to roll this out. Here's all these posters. Here's all these authors. They've done this. You know them. Boom, 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 boom. And it's a book thing. And we're hyped about it. With this, it was just a little exclusive story, two people, movie. And that's that's been the case for the past year. Mm-hmm. Tyke is doing a movie. No, we just, we courted him. We courted him. It's not for sure. Kevin Feige of Marvel's doing a movie. No, we just... We're in talks. We've courted him. No details. <laughs> Ryan Johnson's got a trilogy. No, he's doing a Knives Out sequel. It's like, what's happening? I hear no lies, Rai Guy. The no lies. You're spitting truth. I mean, what do you all think in the chat? Like, were you? Did you see this and just kind of keep scrolling? Did you even look up who J.D. Dillard is? This is an exciting thing. This is the first black director to do a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And it just kind of came and went. I know. Do you think people just don't think it's real since Star Wars didn't really put anything about it out about it? It's definitely part of it, but I just don't. I just don't understand. I, people were confirming it, and I, I just don't understand why this is happening so often. Like, either come out and say it's not true, confirm it. It's just now whatever you do come out with. 
it's going to be subverted. Like, we're not going to be as excited as we once were. You've yeah. got to give us a nugget, a detail. I mean, I, do you guys really see this coming to fruition? Like, my <laughs> knee-jerk as someone who's not as big of a Star Wars fan is, he's got two films, which is great, but it's not like he's Ryan Coogler who directed, who won Sundance with Fruitvale and then was brought on a Black Panther. Like, he seems a little unproven to to make this film from a studio perspective. So is that are you saying that this is like a rumor has it? It feels a bit like maybe a So I don't know. I mean, I I just I don't I'm not as much in this world as you guys know, but from a studio perspective, this would feel very risky to me. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I could see that. Like we're not talking about a lo- like I don't know a comparable type of franchise but this is the biggest that it gets i understand that you want to put it in the direction of people that you really really trust but i also think putting it in the direction of people that you really really trust hasn't reaped the benefits i think that they hoped for yeah colin trevorrow had done safety not guaranteed a small indie movie with aubrey plaza and then he did jurassic world and they were like we're getting you for for star wars episode nine and then it didn't but even happen. safety not guarantee, like it was Indie Spirit nominated, it won the Waldo Award at Sundance. I, I don't dislike this guy's films, but I don't feel like they have the same kind of like industry buzz. Maybe I'm being shady. I don't know. I, I don't think you're being shady, Jeff. I think you're absolutely right. It's just we can we. This is what we have to speculate about because we don't know the details. Like mm-hmm. we don't know if he came to them with a pitch. Here's the example I'm going to give: Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler did Fruitvale Station again. Big indie film, but he approached Sylvester Stallone and goes, I have a script for Creed. Like, I have a sequel to the Rocky franchise, which was done. Here's my vision. And he was like, I see it. I buy it. Boom. Creed happens. Then he gets Black Panther. Yeah. I, so for all we know, he J.D. Dillard could have gone to Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, like, I have this script. Boom, boom, boom. And they were like, yes. Yeah. But we don't know because it was just a Hollywood Reporter article. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Maybe some I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happened because you have to have some sort of connection for to be seen in this world. You're not getting picked up from Star Wars because you did Slate. All right, something else had to happen. Full prediction: Do you think this is happening or not? No, I'm going no as well. I'm guessing money's being put in for development. I do not think it will shoot. That's what I'm going to say. Three no's. So we'll uh, report back and clip this out if we're wrong or if we're right. Market eight. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Moving so moving on, more Mandalorian news. Uh, obviously, we know season two is going to come next fall. And it's been announced that we have two new people signed on to um, be a part of the directing directing of next season have already shot some sequences actually that is james mangold and robert rodriguez so robert rodriguez made a lot of sense that's that's the homie like i feel like he's really good for like everything i've read he's john favreau's homeboy so and he's done a lot of stuff that makes sense a lot of um cowboy western yeah he's really into that genre so it's like it just the pairing matched i also think he he is very much like a genre filmmaker, um, similar to Tarantino in his style, but he's not writing. And I think he is the type of director who can really play ball with a studio or when he's hired to do something. We haven't really seen him do much TV, so I think this is really awesome that you get to do sequences or even an episode of Mandalorian. James Mangold, though, is yeah. the one that I get hyped about. Yeah. This guy did Logan. He just did 4V Ferrari this year. He's like a classic filmmaker in our era. 
I am so excited it's to, true. to see that. Me too. I'm really, really excited. I think those are two great additions to it. And especially because Mangold was originally tapped to do the Boba Fett right. movie and it didn't happen. So now you he gets to do this, which is awesome. Perfect. It's, it's another Mandalorian yeah. pick project. I, and he is just a perfect fit. These also, are the guys you should be getting. Yeah. Also, he's set to uh, direct the upcoming Indiana Jones movie. I know. That was announced yesterday. He, he they're, they're hinting that Spielberg was going to give it to him, which, again, he does all these last ride, fun westerns. He's a master at that. He's a perfect fit for that type of thing. In this article, we also heard that Bryce Ellis Howard is signed on for season two as well, which is exciting. Her episode was so solid. Yeah, it was. I mean, the one with the villagers and taking down the ATST. So fun. You know, she has the familiar connection with Ron Howard doing solo. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to bring her back. I think, you know, now that you're not getting Deborah Chow for season two because she's busy with Obi-Wan, yeah, you got to fill some of those spaces. And I think bring a bunch of the directors back. It worked so well the first season. I know. I would not. I would be happy if any of the directors from first season got brought back. I thought they all did phenomenal. I will miss Deborah Chow, but we're obviously getting her for Obi-Wan series. I kind of wish we got... I don't think this has been announced yet, but I wish we got Taika for a few more because he... He just had a presence throughout almost the entire series, having been with that droid. That's the true. Finale. He had, yeah, he had a big part in the entire season. But it makes sense. In the kind of in this article, they were saying that a lot of celebrities want to be involved in some sort of way, which makes a lot of sense. And now the stakes aren't as high because it could be episodes and sequences and episodes as opposed to movies. And then you're you're dealing with the Star Wars fandom. So I I. I wish he was involved again, but I get that he it wasn't like his forever. For, thing. Yeah, he wasn't signed on forever. He's not. Yeah, he's not a forever. Signed. My I, I, takeaway on this, though, sorry to interrupt. Just yeah. what huge news for like Disney Plus? What huge news for the Mandalorian? I mean, like uh, Rodriguez and Mangold are like two. They are A list directors. Yeah. Like, you think of the Netflix equivalent, which would probably be Stranger Things. Like mm. they did get John Lasseter to direct, which is pretty cool. But this is just. Disney Plus, The Mandalorian is an unabashed success, and the fact that they're getting these directors is really something they should be boasting about. It's true, and they haven't done that either. Yeah, they have. I mean, I think <laughs> they haven't confirmed any of the directors, but bruh. a lot of the and a lot of season one, Taika aside, was people who are just kind of like upcoming hopefuls who had a lot of TV experience, but these are two guys that are just amazing filmmakers. Like they have done a Oscar ton of nominated, movies, Oscar nominated. Yeah. It just makes it, wow, you're blending that line between the TV series and the movies, and it's just like, no, they're the same thing, because they're at that quality. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, yeah, I cannot be more excited for The Mandalorian Season 2, but I think that's just where they're going. The yeah. Disney Plus, the Star Wars TV has got their ish together. They do. They really I'm excited do. to see that organization. Mm, I trust them. <laughs> Another series in development, Cassian Andor, they just, uh, it's been revealed that Jonathan Freeman is set to serve as the cinematographer for the series, which is exciting. He's previously served as cinematographer on Boardwalk Empire, Sons of Anarchy, Rubicon, The Jury, Damages, 50 Dead Men, Walking, Five Flights Up, and multiple episodes of Game of Thrones, including Season 8, Episode 6 of the series. So, dope. (sighs) That's big time. Season 8, Episode 6 of the series. What what episode was it? So, I believe believe that that is... Like in the finale, it's the final yeah. season in the uh, the finale with the, with the battle and everything. Like he's he's got these massive set piece from Game of Thrones episodes, 
which is really cool. I think that they need to follow that instinct with if you have a director who has dealt with massive battles or massive set pieces, massive massive anything like that on an HBO level, that is someone who's probably going to fit well with Star Wars. Agreed. I'm so curious now. Oh, the Iron Throne. The finale. Oh, he did the finale? For some reason I thought... So he shot the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that that was actually shot beautiful. Like, right. Gnarly. Do you remember that scene with Khaleesi? Yeah, when the dragon wing came behind her and it was like, Yo! that was a little on the nose, but yeah, it was dope. It was, it was cool. It was a little <laughs> I on the love nose. that it was part. It was really well shot. And yeah, perfect person for Star Wars. They, they have a great track record with their cinematographers. Yeah. They got the person who shot Saving Private Ryan for Rogue One. Like, they're really good at picking great cameramen. That's, great TPs. Yeah. yeah, that is true. If anything, they have that on lock. Oh, yeah. Um, in other news, in the comic side of things, Jody Hauser um, is bringing The Rise of Skywalker to comics. And this right. is really exciting because a lot of people's issues with The Rise of Skywalker is uh, a lot of people either didn't like it or if they did like it, they just wished things were flushed out a little bit more. That was my... If, if I had any major problem, it was that. I wish things were a little flushed out and you got a little more explanation and that's exactly what she's excited for with these comics. Right. Up top, I think last week we even talked about the novelization of Rise of Skywalker, which novelization of a lot of the Star Wars movies are really interesting because mm-hmm. they fill in those little gaps or they just add, they enrich the story more. I think what's so cool about the comic is... I think it's literally going to be additional scenes, and we're going to be able to have a visual component to them. I'm really excited about that. Speaking of the comics, this week I was like, you know what? We keep talking about these comics each week. Got to get some of them. Got to get it. So I bought the Kylo Ren comics and the other current Star Wars, straight up Star Wars comics airing right now. So we'll be able to trade those off and actually read them. Yay! I'm so excited to start reading this stuff, especially since... We're still on. They Disney reannounced that their movies are still scheduled for 2022, 2024, and 2026. But I think that there's still this entire break until Mandalorian season two. We don't really know when Cassie and Andor is going to be released or Obi Wan series. So there's a lot of time to read. What do you think <laughs> that 2022 film is going to be? Well, maybe it would be this JD Diller. Yeah. But I just don't know. I, I I think the 2022 is not going to happen. No. Nah. They would need to start now. Yeah. You would have to start between now and maybe May. Yeah. To re- well, pretend it's December 2022. Because then you really got... So then you have until December to have a movie set up. Yeah. To start. Yeah. So I think it could still happen. But do you think they're going to ultimately cancel it? It's a lot of time. They could they could put together a team. They could get a lot done in the next couple of months. I'm curious to see if that date's going to stick. I, th- I think it's interesting that that Disney they just plan their schedule out so out far in advance. But I think it just leaves like nothing is permanent. I think we're seeing that with the Mulan movie right now. They're yeah. probably going to end up moving. Mulan's supposed to come out next month, and it's probably going to get moved. There's and, no way it's coming out next month. Yeah, and I think. Where do you put think. it though? Because you booked your schedule. Yeah. So where do, where do you put this movie? Wait, is that what happened from with Far From Home? Spider Man. Yeah, because I feel like Far From Home came out at a weird time. Um, I think that was always planned okay. to come out like really close after Endgame as uh, just like a palate cleanser. Yeah. But uh, but for Spider Man Three, 
that one wasn't confirmed yet that Sony was going to take them back. So it's it's that type of thing. There's there's pros and cons to planning out your release schedule that far in advance. But one of the cons is if you have to reschedule it, man, you could really it could really be pushed back far or it could be intruding on one of your other properties, mm-hmm. which sucks. It's a good problem to have because you have so many awesome properties. But like I still think it's going to happen. I got faith in them. I, I'm going to be so excited to see that movie, obviously, but I don't know. It's a we'll lot of see. time. We'll see. It's like two years and eight months. Arkham James Jr. in the chat said, I'd love for the following to do some episodes, too. Ava DuVernay, Patty Jenkins, Nicole Holofacener. Holofacener? Holofacener. It's a good, oh, it's a very interesting pick. I love Andrew it. Andrew Arnold. Nice. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn, yeah. George Clooney, John M. Shaw, Mimi, Mimi Letter. I love Mimi yeah. Letter. And Alex Garland. Alex Garland's Ava DuVernay, I, I don't... That's not usually her wheelhouse, so it'd be different. Like, she's exceptional at what she does, and I, I, she's such a talented woman, she could probably do anything she wants. It would just be interesting to see her go in the, this direction. Yeah, A Wrinkle in Time wasn't a massive success. No. And it didn't get really I well received. I loved it. Yeah. I, I wanted to love that so bad. And I don't even know if that's on her. I, I think that's a really difficult book to adapt. So, yeah. No, no, there was great. a lot of things wrong with it, but visually it was great. Yeah, I mean, it, who knows? It could happen. It would just be a huge, it would be a shock to me. Yeah. Would you rather have her for a series or for a movie? A series. Yeah. I think she's a mass, master storyteller in series mm. form. But also she has doc, documentaries like the 13th, which is incredible too i don't know she can do whatever she wants she really can she really can she's a great producer she has that background i can, can i throw it out ryan yeah. that i know you're gonna love go for it ben zeitlin piece of the piece of the southern Ooh. wild because that voice of like adventure and like unabashed you know don't you see it what so wendy comes out yeah. limited this weekend and it's gonna be wide the following ben zeitlin hasn't done anything in eight years he does all of his own ish and I think he'd be a really inspired pick. Uh, I don't see it, though. It'd have to be a really unique Star Wars movie. Like, maybe it would just be Luke on the island, the whole movie. You know who I would love? Hero Mirai. So here for that stuff. Love. Especially if Donald's in it. Yeah. If you guys don't know, he he, uh, co-directs and co-produces Atlanta. A lot of he Donald's on music Barry, videos. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he did well. direct for Barry. He's doing a lot with HBO. It's a really great pick, Steph. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm loving it. Everyone's, everyone's throwing out some suggestions in the chat. Uh, Nicole Castle of Watchmen. Ooh. Joan Anthony Russo, who did the Avenger movies. They've expressed interest in doing a Star Wars film. I, that's such a no-brainer pick. Yeah. Like, just give them one. Yeah. Like, they're just a sure thing. Yeah, it's true. They really are. I, I feel Especially like... Especially with piecing together stories that are really hard to put together. <laughs> yeah. In all honesty, yeah, there's it's just such a open world. You can go in so many different directions. Um, yeah, we also got someone said Frankie Muniz, maybe to act. I think he's been kind of gone. He disappeared. Frankie Muniz. Does, does he direct? Let's. I don't think he directs. But Ivan Soto, shout out to you, as always. Um, oh, let's see. We got a lot more. There's a ton of people just throwing out some. Jeff Nichols. Oh, love Jeff Nichols. It's a good pick. Good, a good director. Pick, yeah. He yeah. did a mud. And well, what was the Midnight Special? Midnight Special. Yeah. I was going to say, what was the Michael Shannon one? But Michael yeah. Shannon's is all of his movies. Uh, and Richard Linklater. I could not, never see Richard Linklater doing a Star Wars movie. He's his, he's his own thing. I think like there's a lot of great directors, obviously. But when they for Star Wars specifically, you need someone like Favreau 
who, yeah, he can do the studio game, but he also brings something really unique to the table. I, d- I can't see Richard Linklater doing that. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't see Jim Yeah, Nichols it's specific. That. It's specific. Question for you, Rye, What's as that? we start to wrap up. What do you think, if anything, will the Bob Iger news do for Star Wars? Well, interestingly enough, Steph, uh, Bob <laughs> Chapek? Chapek? Chapek. He came up with Galaxy's Edge. He's the reason that happened. Earlier on Marvel Movie News today, they were actually talking about that Christian Blatt kind of spilled some tea that he maybe even, quote-unquote, dumbed it down a little. Like, made it a little less... There was a bigger vision for it, and he just kind of minimized it. But Who, maybe that, Iger? Uh, no, this Bob Chapek guy. Now, that's not a slight at him. Maybe that was a financial decision or something, but he was alluding to that. Hmm. Point is, he's the reason that thing happened. I'm excited. I hope we get more Star Wars everything from him with Galaxy's Edge. Uh, how is it going to affect Star Wars? I don't think big. Same. I think Kathleen Kennedy and Favreau for TV with Dave Filoni are the the people with that. I, I think Bob Iger didn't have his hands in a ton of that world. I think he just left it to the powers that be at Lucasfilm. However, I don't know how that's going to change with Bob Chapek. Yeah, me either. I'm really interested. I don't think it will affect Star Wars much. I think that will mostly affect the main Disney things and kind of what movies they choose to produce or shows in Disney plus, if anything, it will affect what goes on Disney. If something's made specifically for Disney plus, or it will be a movie. I mean, br- give a hand to Bob Iger. Cause he's the one who bought Lucasfilm. He's the one that got that deal in place and got Disney plus made the dude that did so much in his 15 years as CEO. Yeah. He's pretty badass. Like people are, were speculating on conspiracy and it's like, whenever someone steps down, that's going to happen. Yeah. He's done enough. Pixar, like, Lucasfilm. Yeah, retire, bro. 20th Century Fox. Yeah, like, I think he made things. the right decision. Also, speaking about Kathleen Kennedy, she did, when she was talking about the High Republic, she was really excited about it, and she basically told them, be bold, do whatever. Nice. Which I love that. I love that, but it's also like, hey, uh, listen to your own advice there. Right? <laughs> okay. You know? Shade very intended. Uh, just like listen to your own advice there because it sounds like you fired a bunch of people who tried to be a little too bold. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong, Rye. You're not wrong. Kathleen Kennedy needs to be bold. Look, she's the most bold producer out there. I'm not trying to take a massive shot at Kathleen Kennedy. She's the be- she's the best producer in Hollywood. Which is why she got this job. But I do think maybe she's learned from her mistakes. I think she has. And she's ready to just Let's do it. Let's do it. It's a fresh slate. You got all the stuff that's connected to what we used to love, and now it's a clean slate. Yeah. Right. Before we wrap up, can you shout out people in the chat? Shout out to Kazos13212, Vito Scuddy. We got Panther7, new person in the chat. Arkham James Jr. Love seeing you in the chat. Hit that like button. Yash, Darth Baca, Ivan Soto, um, Manny, and da, 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 and Brandon Hanna, as always, and Greg Masjavachevich. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in each and every week. We love the support. Yeah, um, we love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. All right, Rye. Well, until next week, where can the good fam follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Rye Nilsen. That's R-Y-N-I-L-S-E-N. And on Instagram at Ryan Nilsen underscore Steph. Where can the good people follow you? At Steph Sabra, S-A-B-R-A-W. Until next week, may the force be with you always. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.